0: Welcome everyone to The Author's Journey, where we talk with amazing bestselling authors who have leaned into bringing their message forward, bringing their book forward, and doing it in such a way that it has been received by the world as a bestseller or above. Today's guest, her. Book was actually received and brought forward very, very powerfully. It became a number one international best selling book very, very quickly and continues to ripple out into the world powerfully. So, we're very excited to have her joining us and we're thrilled to have each of you leaning into the conversation. I want you, as our amazing listeners, to be able to get the most out of our time together today. So, here's what I recommend one, take a breath. <laughs> in through the nose, all the way to the toes, and then breathe out. (sighs) It's amazing when we take a moment to stop and breathe how different we can be, how much more powerful we can receive, we can show up, we can be present when we remember to slow down and breathe we're so good at at moving and doing and and pushing things forward that sometimes we forget to be present. So today I want to invite you to be present. I want to invite you to grab a notebook or a piece of paper and a writing utensil so you can actually write down those ideas, insights, things that spark something within you, either as a reader, as a writer, as a leader, as someone that's looking to expand and grow, it's really great to actually write down those things that spark you. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to have that paper and that pen ready, because I know there's something here for you today by the very nature of you tuning in. So welcome. We are thrilled to have you joining us. So we take one more breath, becoming present, connecting in, I hope you feel a warm welcome. And I am excited to introduce our guest to you. Amy Chambers has 21 years of experience in financial services, in the financial services industry, with 15 of them in leadership. She loves Leadership. She even considers herself somewhat obsessed with leadership. It's at that level of passion for her, which I think is amazing. We need passionate leaders that are stepping into that space. So I love that she does that. She's become a coach, a consultant, and a speaker. She's also a number one international bestselling author holds an MBA, and is passionate about leadership, as I mentioned, and about running. So her two big passions are leadership and running. In the past seven years, she has completed over 200 half marathons, 11 full marathons, and numerous other races, totaling over 12,000 miles. She also has led hundreds of people to success in leadership and is passionate about helping you step into your success fully. Please lean in. Warmly welcome the powerful, dynamic leadership expert, Amy Chambers, to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's wonderful to be here.
0: You are very, very welcome thrilled to have you joining us. And I love this mixture of your passions of leadership and running. And, and what I also notice is in your running, you're tracking how many miles, <laughs> you're tracking how many races. Um, and I think that's amazing. It's so important that we track and pay attention to what we're doing and what we're accomplishing and what we're bringing forward. And I'm curious, does that tie into some of how you approach leadership?
1: Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I I know is true is that we can uh, find ways to motivate ourselves more fully. And for me, tracking, having a compelling scoreboard, knowing where I'm at, uh, knowing what it is that I'm improving on, that really helps motivate me do it more. And I've I've seen those concepts work in corporate America or really with anything we're doing with our lives. If we want to do something better or get more excited about it, it really helps to find some way to have a scoreboard, measure it, track it, know where you came from. That way you can celebrate small wins. And when you do better than you did before, uh, you can acknowledge that and whatnot. So it, it absolutely is something I even wrote about in my book and, and ties into leadership 100%. Mm.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I know for me, it's so helpful to be able to see visually where I'm at, where I'm going, how far I've come, because I can forget sometimes. (laughs) So I love that you build that into how you support all of those amazing leaders that you lean into. And you mentioned your book, which is perfect. So I'd love for you to share the title of your book and why you were compelled to bring it forward.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, so the the title of the book is Seven Virtues of Exceptional Leaders, Becoming a Legendary Leader That Transforms Teams. And just to uh, uh, clarify, the virtues are an acronym, the V-I-R-T-U-E-S, all stand for various practices and behaviors that are part of the framework and the model. And the book is all about leadership, being a better leader, involving others, getting great results, developing a loyal team that's really well-trained, that wants to run away with the ball and do great things. One of the um, early memories I have as an assistant manager, it was many, many, many years ago, and I was working at a, a bank on the East Coast as an assistant manager. I had a branch manager. I got very sick one morning, and I uh, you know I came down with food poisoning and was mm. vomiting every 20 or 30 minutes. It was something I'd eaten the night before at a restaurant. And I just knew it. I thought, this is food poisoning. Called up my boss and said, I'm, gosh, I'm, this is what I'm going through. I'm really sick. Uh, maybe I shouldn't come in today. And she demanded that I come to work. She just said, we're short-staffed. We need you. We've already got someone out on a, an approved vacation day. I need you mm. at this office. And so I still remember driving. This was back about 2005. I remember driving to the office and actually pulling over on the side of the road to, to vomit. Got to work and uh, vomited for most of the day, Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know, every half hour, kind of what you do when you have food poisoning. You know, just constantly running to the bathroom. And I sat down with these clients of mine that uh, came in very often. I knew them very well, and we were taking a home equity um, application and they just couldn't believe it. I remember them sitting there thinking, "Amy, what are you doing here? You mm-hmm. you should not be here. She should have never made you come to work. Uh, you need to go home." And I just said, "No, no, it's okay. You know, she wants me here, and so I'm doing it." And they just kind of looked at each other. I still remember he was a superintendent of a school system, and she was a principal of a different school district, and uh, so both very you know strong in education and caring and compassion. And they just said, "You know, we you we know that if you were in leadership." You would never have this happen. This just wouldn't be going on on mm. your watch. And you can just do so much better for this. And uh, and, and I did choose to stay throughout that day, but I, I never lost sight of them talking to me and caring for me. And, and I realized later on that they had kind of led me better that day than my own boss had. And um, mm. when it came time for me to go to California, and I was going to California to you know join a different organization, get my MBA, they said, we know you're going places. Our prediction is that you will end up in some chief-level role, and you are going to become an exceptional leader. We just see how mm. you lead, you know, the branch as an assistant manager. It's basically better than the the branch manager. But please go off to California. Make us proud. We know you're going to have this very successful life. And I was only about 23, 24 at the time of this. Mm. I never lost sight of them, and I really thought about what they were saying. Even then, they just had this believership in me. And I kind of wanted to go on and do what they, they predicted I would do and become a chief. And as I was going through that journey of becoming a district manager and a regional director and all these various roles, I always thought about them. Their last names were the Zellers, and I always thought about the Zellers. And at some point, I got kind of, as you said, Rebecca, obsessed with leadership. And I mm-hmm. thought I owed it to the Zellers to write a leadership book uh 15 mm. years later, just as they predicted I would. And And so there were a lot of moments like that, but basically, I had a lot of bad bosses, I experienced a lot of poor leadership, and I realized how common it is. It became my life's work to do better, but then at some point also to educate others on how to do better so that no leader ever would feel like it's the right thing to do to to bring someone into work that's that seriously ill. And so uh, that's kind of a snippet. Many situations like that encouraged me to to do better and then write the book as a, a better leader.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm curious because it's a journey when you lean into writing a book. It doesn't just happen overnight, <laughs> it's a process. And what helped you navigate those waters to really not just have it as an idea, someday I'm going to do this, but really bring it forward into reality? What helped you do that?
1: Yeah, you are absolutely 100% right, Rebecca. It is a, a journey. I before I started writing the book, I thought it would be easy, and I just chuckle at myself now for thinking, oh, I'll just bang this thing out in six months. I write very quickly. I, uh, I will tell you that one of the things that helped me as I went through the, the tough moments or the journey of you know, not feeling like I wanted to write that day, but saying I kinda need to, whether I feel like it or not, was the vision of what it would be like at, at the end. I, I never lost sight of this idea of me holding a hardback book or someone else reading my book and getting something out of it and coming back and saying, Oh my gosh, this book changed my life. I, I just went in the toughest moments where I felt least inspired, I, I reminded myself of of the end goal. And said, I've I've got to keep going because this this book needs to be in the world. I have decided that this message is important enough that I want people to have it. And so I I connected myself back to uh, the end. I also did, and you kind of mentioned tracking or measuring before, Mm -hmm. I would set small goals, just very small, little attainable goals. I'm going to write an hour today, or I'm going to write two hours today, or I'm just going to write a thousand words. And and so I would kind of break off bite-sized pieces, how to eat an elephant, one bite at a time, right? And so instead mm-hmm. of thinking about the whole project and how much left there was to be done, I would just figure out, okay, what's next? What's the next small step I can take? And as I did that little by little, eventually the book could get written, then edited, and then published.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. And listeners, we are getting ready to go to our first commercial break. And as we do that, I want you to think about some of this great insight and wisdom that Amy is sharing with us. I think that is brilliant. That one, she discovered it was more involved and more complicated than she thought as she stepped into bringing her book forward. But the way that she supported herself through that was really keeping that end in mind, that vision in mind, that why she wanted to bring this forward and what it would look like and feel like to hold it in her hand, to share it with the world, to have it impacting people. She kept that so present and in front of us and in front of her. And I love that she also created small bite-sized pieces. Instead of looking at the whole thing, all that needed to be done and carrying all of that, she looked at, okay, here's the next small step. Here's the next thing to focus on and did that step by step so as we take this next break i encourage you to really think about those things and what does that spark within you how that can that help you bring forward a project that has been laid on your heart what's the next small step that you can take in action to step by step one bite at a time as she said to get there and we'll continue our conversation in just two minutes America is on LinkedIn connect with us today The leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you wrote down some great next steps that you can take to bring your project forward. That thing that has been laid on your heart that keeps pressing upon you that you have figured out a next step, a next small bite that you can take to help move it forward and move you forward. Because I always feel like those baby steps count and they eventually get you there. We just keep taking steps. So I love that Amy was able to do that in so many powerful ways, not only those small steps, but that end in mind. That she kept in front of her to bring her powerful book forward and I so appreciate her heart towards leadership, her desire to make a difference in how we show up as leaders and really give us some great tools to be able to navigate in leadership. In a powerful, positive way. And that ripples out for the leader. And it also ripples out for the team and all those that they are called to lead. So I think it's such a powerful vision. I love the work that Amy does. And I wanted to circle back to your book and I know that you have taken some time to prepare a reading, so we get a little bit of a sample of your powerful books. I wanted to hand the floor over to you, have you introduce the uh, sample reading, and this is just a taste, and uh, share it with us.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. So uh, I I wrote about a lot of different experiences I had as I was uh, both being led and serving as a leader. And one of the concepts that came up in the S of Virtues, it's called Showcase Swimming, is about how frustrating it can be when people say one thing and do another. We've all probably had that experience Mm. where we've invariably lost respect from someone when we've seen this happen. And so, uh, yeah, Rebecca, I'd love to share a short little story on that topic. Beautiful. So uh, I'll get to the page right here. And uh, All right, here we go. During spring semester, my first class each night was taught by an especially vocal and passionate professor named Carl. As he began class one evening, he pulled down a dry-erase whiteboard to use it, only to find that it was covered in writing from a professor who had taught earlier that day. To add insult to injury, he couldn't find any spray to go with the paper towels, so someone had to leave the room to go grab him some so he could effectively erase the whole board. Carl had the tendency to become impatient whenever there was any delay in the advancement of learning. And so as he waited for the student to come back with the spray, he had a hard time containing his irritation. Carl loudly complained, this is the classic sign of a terrible professor. They don't clean up after themselves. There's a rule in academia. You always erase your board. When the board was finally erased, he spent a majority of class drawing and writing all over it. And after the formal lecture was over and we moved into Q&A, Carl rolled that board up into its place. At the break, he and the professor switched classrooms as usual, and early in our class, with the second instructor, she, too, pulled down the whiteboard to use it. Sure enough, clear as day, was Carl's writing all over it. In fact, the whiteboard was even more marked up than when Carl had found it some two hours prior. The entire room burst into laughter. Fourteen years later, I still remember this moment. We were all in stitches didn't erase the board, many of us hobbled. I also remember the sheer confusion on our second professor's face. She hadn't been there for our Carl's earlier rant, so nothing was amusing to her. But to us, it was everything. Carl had made such a stink over the failure to erase the board. Then he had turned around and done the same exact thing only an hour later. One thing that stands out to me still was how immediately funny everyone thought it was. Our MBA room that night was filled with many ethnic, racial, religious, gender, and age diversities, but we all cackled away. The concept of hypocrisy, or double standards is universal. As Larry the Cable Guy would say, that's funny. I don't care who you are. But there was also a sad reality to it. Many of us, including myself, viewed that professor, until this moment, as a leader. Someone I could trust to do the right thing. Someone who knew a lot of things. I had placed an expectation on him to lead by example and show me the way. Sure, he was only there to teach us on a particular subject, but I had viewed professors as pseudo-experts on life. That day, what I observed was not leadership, but stupidity. Carl had made such a show out of being irritated by someone else's behavior, but engaged in the same behavior immediately afterward. I might not have been able to put it into words then, but it was the ultimate betrayal of accountability. For years now, my definition of accountability is that we do what we say. And when people do the opposite, it becomes difficult to trust them. Without trust, we have nothing. And thank you, Rebecca, for letting me share that. Uh, this, this section was all about accountability, trust, modeling the way, doing what you say, keeping your commitments. And uh, this took place when I was getting my MBA again, 14 years ago, 2008. Mm-hmm. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. So thank you mm-hmm. for letting me share
0: that. Oh, absolutely. I was just leaning in as you were sharing. I could picture the classroom <laughs> and I could picture that moment. And I love how in some ways it united everybody <laughs> and they could appreciate, enjoy the lesson, even though that wasn't maybe the lesson that was intended. So I think that um, is a powerful story that's echoing forward. I appreciate you sharing. And it gives us a little bit of a taste of your sharing and your writing style. As you think back about your book and the stories and the examples and the principles in it, is there one thing that's kind of standing out that you would love our listeners to know?
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, thank you for commenting on the stories. As I have the reviewers, uh, about 10 of them, read the book ahead of time. They all remarked on that, wow, this is a very different leadership book because it's chock full of all these stories and personal experiences. You're not just saying, here's how you do it, but you're going through your past and your history, and you're, you're sharing kind of these moments that, you didn't always do well. You were very vulnerable to have these mistakes and these failures and talk about them. Uh, but that that definitely st- stands out. I would say the biggest thing in the book, if, if there was one message that I could have people take away, it's that if you're in leadership, uh, it is no longer about you. It's about the people you're leading. It's not about what you can do. It's about what you can help them do. And so involving them, engaging them, asking them uh, what they think, uh, creating dialogues where they get to... Uh, chart their own course and come up with solutions, it's really, really important that great leaders do that. If you're not doing that, you're probably acting more like a manager or a drill sergeant. Great leaders are always there to cultivate talent in others. They're not just there to bark orders. So that's probably the biggest thing that shows up in the book again and again and again is how are you serving other people and helping them uh, elevate them themselves and their skills and um, to really enjoy being at work and being with you.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. And I hope that expands many of our listeners' vision about leadership in themselves and in others. So really, really great. Thank you for sharing. And I know we've been talking about your book and and leadership, and we got to enjoy a little bit of a sample. I'd love for you to also describe the cover, because in a little bit, we're gonna share with people where to find your book. And I think it's great to have a visual to go along with that. So do you mind describing your cover of what it looks like Sure. why you have it look the way it does. <laughs>
1: I will tell you, Rebecca, we had uh, kind of a, a bit of a debate over the cover, me and a couple of uh, the trusted advisors I had helping me with this book. And mm-hmm. uh, the decision was made uh, to have me on the cover. Uh, I'm there on the right-hand side. I'm, I'm glancing at it right now. I've got a big... Smile on my face, I'm I'm kind of chuckling or or laughing, and I actually really do love the picture of me that's on the book because it it does feel and look like me. It it looks exactly the way I like to look. i very inviting. I'm excited, full of energy, and and that's really what people should look like and feel when they're in leadership. So I'm I'm actually very happy with the decision to have me there. I, I also serve as an executive coach, a life coach, a, a consultant, a speaker, a trainer, and so. Um, Those that were advising me felt like, hey, it really should be you on the cover, because ultimately uh, the hope is that people read this book and then actually want to talk with me more about these topics. The other thing I love about the cover is uh, there's a big, giant seven that is in the shadow box behind the word virtues. And it does feel good to point out that there are seven practices, behaviors, virtues that are part of this framework and this model. I am really feeling that there are seven different things people need to do to be exceptional leaders. So I like how prominent the seven is, and that it it stands out. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for the book, you'll you'll see me there chuckling or laughing on the right hand side, inviting you to read it and to consider leadership and a and a giant seven uh, behind the the virtues.
0: Beautiful. And is there a color scheme to watch for too?
1: It is, and it's the same as all of my marketing promotional materials in my website. It's uh, green, grays, and blacks. And yeah. so uh, that will, uh, you'll recognize that from my, my website as well.
0: Oh, I love that. So bonus tip, consistency in branding and look. (laughs) On your camera is a bonus tip. (laughs) I love it. I love it. for free. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Extra credit bonus tip there. (laughs) So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. And would you give us the full title of your book again and let us know the best way to find it? What are the best locations if we want to add this to our library?
1: Yep. So again, it's The Seven Virtues of Exceptional Leaders, and the subtitle is Becoming a Legendary Leader Who Transforms Teams. The book is available on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble in all formats, electronic, paperback, hardback, but it's also available on my website, and that's at amymchambers.com. Right on the homepage, there's a big uh, sign that says, buy Amy's book. You can't miss it. So you've got a couple of different ways to purchase
0: the book. I love that. And I love that you've made it easy. We can't miss it. That's brilliant. (laughs) And for those who are saying, uh, yes, I want the book and I want more of Amy, I want to connect with her, I want to talk about leadership, what are some of the best ways for them to connect in and go deeper with you?
1: Absolutely. On my website that I just read, again, amymchambers.com, there's several different pages that have at the bottom contact forms where you can fill out a contact form to reach me or just schedule time on my calendar. I'm also at amy at com, And then uh, on most social media platforms, including LinkedIn, YouTube, as either Amy Chambers or Coach Amy Chambers. So uh, people have lots of different ways to contact me. Wonderful. I
0: love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. I encourage you to add this powerful book to your library. So lean in, take advantage of this resource and really let us support you on your journey. And I hope that you hear how approachable and accessible Amy is. She is being purposeful in sharing her contact information. So don't be shy. <laughs> Lean into that opportunity to talk to an exceptional leader that can really support and help you on your journey. And as you reflect back on our conversation, Amy, do you have any final tips or advice for those listeners out there that are either thinking am i a leader how do i step into that and how can they bring their message forward
1: i love that there's a lot of tips i could give people uh, but t- today i'll share one that's just near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. if you want to start the process of of leadership um it's it's really always about taking responsibility and so when things aren't going well or there's an issue or a problem great leaders do not blame others and point the finger and say, oh, here's why uh, this isn't going right and it's, it's something external to me. They always go inward and say, what more could I do? How could I help this situation? What if I just tried to have this conversation differently? Let me seek to understand a little bit better. Let me go back and talk to that person and see if we can't sort out where the confusion came from. They never give up and throw in the towel and just say, you know what, this is the other group's fault or the other department's fault. If only they had done it this way, then we wouldn't be here. That's just not leadership. And it's also a lack of responsibility or accountability on a personal level. So that would be one thing that I would encourage people to do right away is if something's not going to plan or the way that you want, always figure out uh, what more you can do and how you can assist or help, even if it really isn't your fault or created by you, it doesn't matter. You take responsibility anyway. So that would be uh, what I've got for you today, Rebecca.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate you joining us. I know it's such a busy time after your book's released. So I really honor and appreciate you carving out time for us today. So thank you. And listeners. Thank you very much. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. And listeners, thank you for tuning in and joining us today. I encourage you to add Amy's beautiful and powerful book to your library and absolutely reach out when you feel that pull to step forward, lean in and say yes. So absolutely honor that. And for those of you who are looking to bring your book forward, your message forward, and you're just not quite sure. Some of those next steps. I want to encourage you to listen to some of our additional shows. You'll get great tips and advice on the author's journey. And we have a special free gift that we love to give you. It's called the Emerging Author Series with an S, plural, Emerging Author series.com. And you'll find a group of nine different ebooks free to support you on your journey. And they have all the frequently asked questions we get about publishing and launching and myths and truths about bringing your book forward. Um, What structure? I've written it. Now what? All of those types of things you'll get advice and tips and direction on. So check it out. It's our gift to you and hope that it supports you on your journey. And for each of you who are feeling that pull and that call to bring your message forward, I encourage you to find a step you can take today. Because if you feel that pull, if you feel that call, it's because your message is needed now, not someday, but now. So honor it. Find that next step and take it today. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Author's Journey. Please join Rebecca Hall Greider for another edition of The Author's Journey podcast every Monday on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until we talk again, use some of the tips and inspiration from today's show to guide you as you lean in to bringing your message forward.